I didn't believe it. I, I did not believe that this was going to become a worldwide organization. I thought maybe, you know, maybe a London, maybe, a, you know, maybe one or so countries. What made you beyond. think that? You know, I mean, it was it was a very simple concept, and I didn't see how that was going to translate around the world. It has. From ABC, it's No Limits. I'm Rebecca Jarvis, and each week we're talking to the most bold and influential women playing at the top of their game, trying to demystify success and what it really takes to get there, and all the trade-offs. Whether you're looking for answers or you just want to hear a good story, you're in the right place. On today's episode, meet the woman behind Dress for Success. She left a career as a lawyer to lead the organization that's now helping over a million women around the world gain economic freedom by giving them the tools they need to succeed. This is everything from work clothes to mentorship to career training and more. Here's Joy Gordon. Joy Gordon, welcome to No Limits. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to have you here. You have such an interesting backstory. And as the CEO of Dress for Success, you're also changing many women's lives. So tell us a little bit first off, what is Dress for Success? How does it work? Sure. So Dress for Success is a global nonprofit organization that first started in New York City 21 years ago. And today is in 163 cities in 30 countries. What we do is we help women get back to work. And it's more than just giving her the suit, although a lot of people think of us as the organization that gives women suits. It's so much more than that. We give her really the tools she needs, not only to land a job, but to keep a job. And so it's a very comprehensive program with a lot of different touch points throughout her life and throughout her journey. And we really want to make sure that she thrives both in work and in life. And you ended up becoming CEO after you were already on this totally different path. You're a lawyer, right? Yes, yes. So how did you end up getting attracted to Dress for Success in the first place? Well, so about 20 years ago, I happened to be watching the news one morning and I saw Nancy Lublin, our founder, talking about this organization. And and it felt like she put a call to action out. She was asking people to donate suits. And so by the end of the day, I was working um, for in, in the legal space. And I called with the intention of only donating one suit. By the end of that phone call, I had joined the board. And so I became a (laughs) board member. Very convincing. I had joined the board. And within a year, I left what I was doing to work in the basement of a church on West 4th Street, which is where Dress for Success started. And I fell head over heels in love with the purpose and vision that Nancy had for this organization and to realize that women's dreams can come true. How did you know at the end of that year being on the board that you were ready to make that leap? You you had spent time as an assistant DA yes. in the Bronx. That's a really big gig. Yes. To leave behind. Right, right. Well, only if you would have loved your job. It would have been a big you gig. You hated your job. <laughs> did you hate your job? Well, it wasn't it wasn't the dream job. What did you what did you not like about it? You know, the thought that, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, the end goal in many cases was to incarcerate. And so it wasn't my role to see people differently. It wasn't my role to judge whether or not their life could have been different, but for this circumstance. And so in that role, it just it didn't feel great every single day. It sounds like you went into it with a different intention of what it ended up being. Absolutely. And dress for success. 
allowed you to fulfill more of that intention. Listen, dress for success. The window opened and I, I, I ran through it. It was just it was the it was the door opening for me to really find something that felt like I could be proud of who I am and the work that I'm doing. And it was something that my children could be proud of their mom and the work that she was doing. Um, And it just it became honestly a labor of love. Were you, as a kid, were you into social justice? Were you volunteering and things like that? I was. I'd never been on a board before. I'd never raised money before. Um, But I had always done a little bit of volunteer work uh, throughout both high school and college. So that wasn't new to me. But certainly stepping into the nonprofit space, having gone to school for both journalism and law, um, it was a departure, uh, a clear departure. But you know what? When you marry your purpose and your passion, you could just about do anything. And for me, Dress for Success felt real. It felt like I had this unique opportunity to make a difference in women's life. So why not me? As the CEO of a nonprofit, you have a lot of different stakeholders. You you have the people who you are trying to help, but you also have to spend time getting the money yes. to help those people. Absolutely. How does it all balance out? Well, it's it's totally imbalanced, right? But uh, but there are so many stakeholders. To your point, there's the woman who we serve. She's a stakeholder. There's the volunteers, the women who serve the women we right. serve. They're a stakeholder. It's all the corporate partners, the financial donors, the board members, the advisory groups. There's a lot of different moving parts. There are so many good causes out there, right? How do you break through and make sure that people who need to hear the message, get the message. Yeah. So our message is about empowerment. And that's at the very core of who we are. And for any woman who's in the workplace or has been in the workplace or who had a mom in the workplace, she gets it. She gets that this is really about um, a level of confidence to women, uh, that women all know how you look is how you feel. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a great day, um, it shows um, outwardly and inwardly. And so it's, you know, we're not, this isn't, this is not anything unusual or new. It's not um, anything that makes people feel awkward or weird. It's all about lifting women up. And so I think that's where we stand apart. This is really about uplifting women, all women, helping other women succeed, um, and just trying to find an audience of women who care. Um, and then making sure that women feel responsible for helping other women. What's the hardest part of the job? Well, the only hard part in the nonprofit space is fundraising. Um, So (laughs) it's, you know, constantly being able to churn new donors, new sponsors, um, finding people who support your mission and will fund it. um, Looking for we don't even want to call it donors anymore. They're investors. Right. Mm. Because when you invest in a woman the the ripple effect to that is profound. Uh, so that's the hardest part in the nonprofit world is that every year you start from, you have a budget, but it's projected from zero. Um, and that you hope that you find all that money to do all the good work that you're trying to do. I remember, so I've, I'd heard a little bit about Dress for Success, but I think I saw you and the organization the first time on Bravo. Oh. <laughs> on the Real Housewives, because yes. Bethany is really involved, right? Bethany, Bethany Frankel has been a rock star for our organization. <laughs> she's she's pretty extraordinary because you know, first Bethany came to Dress for Success really as a volunteer, and mm-hmm. so she would come to Dress for Success without without cameras, without paparazzi, without a news story wrapped around it. But she would just volunteer her time. She'd show up 
And I, I never forget. I remember, like, the second time she came, they were like, oh, Bethany's downstairs. I was like, do I need to go downstairs? They said, Bethany's not here for you. Uh, Bethany was here for the women. And she mm-hmm. would spend her time in the boutiques um, helping suit them for their interviews and sitting with them and talking about the interview process. And then she came back and said, listen, I'd really I've been thinking about starting a charity. I don't think I want to do that. I think I want to just invest in Dress for Success. So together we created Be Strong. And it's this in incredible opportunity to help women get through whatever crisis they're in. And in many cases, the crisis has to do with something they can't afford to, to get past. Mm-hmm. So whether a woman is about to be evicted because she had a health crisis and can't pay her, 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 her bills, be strong pays those bills. Um, and so Bethany has given us a tool to be able to help women get through the crisis and be strong once again. And it's just been incredible. That is awesome. How big of a deal is it when you guys are on Bravo? Do you see a huge bump in the visits oh, the to the website and things like ridiculous. that? Ridiculous. The traffic's huge. And Bethany has a really core fan base. Um, so it's not just that. I mean, last year we also did a lot of work around the different um, uh, weather related tragedies. Bethany's fan base is extraordinary. I mean, in $10, $20, $1,000 increments, they were putting money into dress for success for us to help the women we serve and it was pretty extraordinary that is extraordinary i'm sure there are a lot of listeners who think i want to do something i want to make an impact what's your advice so it's just about volunteering it's about just showing up um we need as many people um who want to be needed quite frankly and uh just as i stepped into dress for success to donate a suit you could start there um, so that's easy. You go is in your closet. Is that we need the most? The suits, or what, what need, do you? What can we? We need suits sizes twelve and up. So if if that is your size range, we're in desperate need of those sizes because the majority of our clients are size twelve and up, and the majority of our donors are size ten and under. We also need volunteers. We need women to review resumes, to do mock interviews, and that's both men and women, quite frankly. Um, and then we have a lot of workshops that we're putting on um, all around professional development, giving her the tools she needs to succeed, financial literacy. So we need a lot of speakers. I mean, you f- you just need to go to the website, which is dressforsuccess.org, find a local dress for success, and then just connect with us. What happens to the clothes after they come to you? Um, it, sometimes they come right out the bag and right onto another woman's back. I mean, it just wow. really depends, you know. Yeah. And it, it's always a watershed moment, not only for the client, but for the volunteer. It's very emotional, um, especially if you haven't seen yourself in a suit before or you haven't seen yourself look like that in a long time. To stand in a mirror and have somebody cheering you on, it could be a very emotional day at Dress for Success. What's the toughest lesson you've had to learn along the way? You know, I think... You know, I remember early on in my career, uh, someone said to me, you know, if you if you just do well on the job, people will see your you see your strength and you will be promoted for that. And that's not so true. I think you have to be your own advocate in life, Um, whether you're advocating for a raise or you're advocating for a new title on the job or a new position. I think you have to be your own self-advocate and you can't just put your head down, do great work and expect somebody else to see that in you. Did you realize that after you were the person with the head down, working hard and getting overlooked and passed yeah, over for I mean, the raises you know, and I, things like I, that? I think I definitely saw that um, just doing a great job was not going to give me a winning 
position yeah. in life. Yeah. Um, so I needed to do more. Mm-hmm. I needed people to see me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I needed to figure out the culture and somehow how to play the game. Yeah. Um, so all of that, I had to shift the paradigm of, you know, if you just work hard and your head down, people will see you for your worth. Not so true. Yeah. There's an I, extra part to that. I totally agree. I I think a lot about this because I think about careers in different phases. And I think when I started, that head down, work hard mentality did help a lot because when you're you're young and you're just getting in the door in the beginning, right. being just a really reliable individual helps at least in my experience, it helps. Yes. But then you cross this threshold where being the hungry, go-getter, head down, work hard, reliable basically means you get more of the same. Yes. Yeah. And in order to transition into that next sort of category, that next echelon of seniority, that is, at least in my experience, the time where you have to start like rattling the cages a little Absolutely. bit and saying, look, guys. This is what I delivered to you and be that advocate for yourself. How have you learned to advocate for yourself? What does that look like in your world? I report to a board of directors. And um, so it's important for me, for them to hear what I see as important and the direction and vision and goals that I have for the organization. Um, And I have a group of advisors around me, Um, not a true advisory group, but a group of advisors. In many cases, they're people who have tenured off the board who Mm. serve as advisors to me personally. Um, And so I've just surround myself with really strong people who give me sage advice. Um, And I'm open to constructive criticism, but I'm also going to tell my story. Um, And I'm going to be very clear about what I want to deliver and how I want to deliver it. Um, And and Dress for Success has given me the outlet to be able to do that. What would you tell yourself back prior to all of this when you first started as CEO? What's one piece of advice and wisdom you would have given yourself back then? Well, I mean, I didn't believe it. I I did not believe that this was going to become a worldwide organization. I thought maybe, you know, maybe a London, maybe, you know, maybe one or so countries. What made you think that? You know, I mean, it was it was a very simple concept, and I didn't see how that was going to translate around the world. It has. Yeah. Um, the, the, actually, the simplicity of it is what makes it work um, in every country. I mean, we're in 30 now, but I would expect in the next 10 years we'll be at least double that. Um, there's so many opportunities for dress for success to make a difference in women's lives. And when you pull back the layers of who we are, it really isn't about clothing. It's really about confidence. It's about self-worth. It's about, you know, seeing the woman who you want to become, the leader that you are inside, ripping back all those layers. So um, if I would have stayed stuck to the initial model that it's only about clothes, I don't know that the organization would have had the the would have propelled the way it has. It's so much more than clothing today. Um, and it's really ensuring that she really does have the tools to thrive, because if we can help her, the greater likelihood is that we can move her children out of poverty while they're still children. And the news about that mm-hmm. is if you can take a child out of poverty while they're a child, it's the greater likelihood that they'll never be impoverished as an adult. So. That's why we're trying to help her so that she can do it for her children and her family um, and that we break the cycle of poverty. That's what Dress for Success does. It breaks the cycle of poverty. What's the worst advice you've received along the way? You know, I thought about that. Uh, You know, I really haven't had a a great deal of worse advice. I think it kind of goes back to that point that I raised before, which is, you know, 
you know, if you do this, your end game is success. And I, I don't think that that is necessarily great advice for for women at all different facets of their life. I think um, to your point, you know, yeah, that might work in the beginning, but you, you don't want to do that for so long. You will be overlooked. Um, other people will rise in front of you and around you. Um, so being your best advocate for self is important. Um, but I've been doing this work in the women's space for 20 years. I've only had people lifting me up. Um, and so I love that. that's been 20 years of this extraordinary um, support that I've gotten from women leaders. Um, and, th- and that's what makes this new job very unique. Joy Gordon, thanks so much for joining us on No Limits. This was great. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. And let our listeners know where they can get more information on Dress for Success. It's at dressforsuccess.org. And you can find the closest Dress for Success. And if we don't have one in your community, start one. Love it. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week, where we feature one of our listeners who's building something of her own. And this week's No Limits Entrepreneur is Dr. Paris Sabo. She is co-founder and COO of Dr. Bright. Now, you might remember a few weeks ago, we had Tori Birch on the show, and she told us about Dr. Paris Sabo, who was the winner of last year's Tori Birch Foundation Fellows Program. Last year's winner was this incredible woman who is an oncologist that realized that toothpaste had dangerous chemicals in it. So she, she designed healthy toothpaste. And that woman should be our No Limits entrepreneur. And now she is. It's as easy as that. Thank you to Tori Birch for nominating Dr. Paris Sabo. Here she is to tell us her story. Hi, my name is Paris Sabo. I'm a breast cancer surgeon, a mom, and a co-founder and COO of Dr. Bright a natural oral care manufacturing company that I founded with my dentist sister, who's also a mom. Dr. Bright is a super effective and great tasting line of natural toothpaste and oral care products that are safe for the entire family using powerful natural ingredients that help heal and nourish your smile without compromising your health or the health of your loved ones. In fact, our products are so safe that you could eat the whole tube of our toothpaste without having to call poison control. Now, isn't that refreshing? Congratulations, Dr. Paris Sabo, for being our No Limits Entrepreneur of the Week. I wish you and Dr. Bright continued success. You can find out more about Dr. Paris Sabo and her story, Creating Dr. Bright, on my Instagram, at Rebecca Jarvis. Remember, if you or someone you know should be featured here on No Limits as the Entrepreneur of the Week, you can send a nomination to me here at No Limits with RJ Podcast at gmail.com. I read all the emails. You guys have been sending some really great ones and wonderful stories, so thank you. You can keep it coming. It really does mean so much to hear from you. And by the way, you can send emails there as well. If you have career questions, we can use those for RJ Answers, where you call in here, talk to me, get a little career advice. Uh, We're always happy to do that with you as well. As always, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Rebecca Jarvis. Don't forget to use our hashtag No Limits. I also want to give a shout out to the team here that helps make this happen week after week. Our producer, Taylor Dunn, our editor, Michelle Boncardo. Our research assistant, Annie Osakwe, and the team here at ABC Radio, Elizabeth Russo, David Rhine, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kelb, and Steve Jones. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.